Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. What's up, guys? Sound of Football back with another episode. Hope everyone's doing well. It's a nice Tuesday morning, very, very early. Not used to getting up this early. Uh, quiet off season so far haven't hit free agency yet draft still around the corner got a lot of things to talk about still some nice segments uh, i got my good friend jeff on here if you want to introduce yourself how's it going everyone i'm uh i'm jeff lingo i'm from uh east hampton new jersey i go to school up at uh Rutgers. i have a major in communications with a minor in business administration and my favorite football team is the los angeles rams We've got a Rams fan in here. We are bringing in a bunch of fans from a bunch of different teams. Last week, we had Vikings with my friend Chris Shredire. This week, we got the Rams. And, of course, two teams that happened to knock the Saints out of the playoffs in the past couple of years. Uh, What do you know? But it's just cool getting a nice perspective from a bunch of different fan bases. It's not something that a lot of people can can really do. Uh, Most people growing up with each other in the same area, like the same football team, but fortunately enough, I have a very diverse friend group when it comes to fans of football teams. So it's just very nice to have, get a very good perspective. Um, so let's just, let's just jump right into it. So up first, we need him. So these are trades that teams have to make. Uh, they need to make them because they want to take that next step forward, maybe make it into the playoffs. They're in a rebuild stage that they want to start getting settled in, start really pushing for a playoff spot. We need him. So, Jeff, if you want to take the lead on this one, go for it. Yeah, for my uh, for my first one, I think that the – it's been rumored a little bit, but I think the Patriots do make the trade for Jimmy G. I think they give up a third and a sixth for him. Um he was expected to be better than he has been. So I don't think that they will have to give up as much if they do actually want to bring him back like they think. Yeah, I definitely like this. Um, a lot of familiarity with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I don't think he's panned out very well in San Francisco. That could be due to injuries. That could be due to the fact that he really doesn't have to do much since they've had a pretty consistent run game for the most part. Uh, but when they have needed him to step up, He hasn't done phenomenal. That could be due to the lack of receivers outside of George Kittle. They haven't really had any, like, star power in terms of receivers. Uh, But I definitely like this trade. I think it makes sense. I think there's a lot of other options as well. But I definitely could see them either either taking – or trading up – not trading up, but trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, Mm -hmm. uh, signing a a veteran free agent. That's very possible. But I did get news this morning that they just traded for Trent Brown, the offensive tackle. So I think they're preparing to get a quarterback. I think with that move that it's very obvious. Yeah, they want to improve that offensive line so they can protect whoever is under center for them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I'll go to my first one. Go to my first one. Hmm. I had so kind of bouncing off the quarterback. So I have the Patriots trade 2021 second round pick and a 2021 six round pick for Odell Beckham. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I could see that, especially if they get a quarterback. Like you were saying, Jimmy G hasn't had too much help at receiver in San Fran. So if they do trade for him, then they would want him to get all the help that they could. So Odell, that would make sense for me. He's been 
when he's healthy in Cleveland, he's been not like his giant self, but he's still been productive. So I think he could still be productive if he goes to the Patriots. Yeah, I definitely agree. Now this offense last year for the Patriots was super lackluster. I don't know if that's despite, how do I say this? Um, they just really didn't have any crazy offensive threats, and which is weird because the last time Brady won the Super Bowl with the Patriots, he didn't really have any crazy offensive threats. Um, realistically, all they have is Edelman. I know they have Nikhil Harry, but he hasn't really flourished at all. Injuries have kind of derailed his career so far. They don't have a consistent tight end. Like I said, out of Ed- outside of Edelman, I mean, I guess Jacoby Myers, but even he's not proven. So I think, it, you know, if they're going to bring in a quarterback, whether it's a veteran, a young guy, I think that sticking him with Edelman isn't really the plan. I don't think you want a quarterback to start off their career with their best receiver being a slot receiver. I think that they do need a true number one. I think there's other options. I think they could, you know, look in the draft for somebody. This is a very deep wide receiver um, draft. But I, I just think that somebody who's already established and as good as Odell Beckham, Beckham is, I think it, it just makes sense if you mm-hmm. agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, what so, else we got? So staying on topic of receivers, I think that the Ravens try to go out and get Julio Jones for a first and a second to try to help out Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson to see if he can actually produce with – because talk about bad receivers. The Ravens do not have the best, but – they go out and try to get the great receiver they can finally see if Lamar is more than just a running quarterback yeah for sure I definitely when I was looking at this I definitely liked it and I like it for the sole reason that Lamar Jackson although he just you know he won MVP right 36 touchdowns six interceptions Mm -hmm. you can't you can't knock him for that obviously Mm -hmm. but the way that system is set up in Baltimore just it, it revolves around Lamar Jackson when he, it, the few chances that he needed to throw when he did have to throw there were so many different lanes open you had Mark Andrews he was he had a career year mm-hmm. uh, I still do have a little bit of faith in Marquise Brown I know his career hasn't started the way he's wanted uh, but again he's more of like not a utility guy but he he's clearly just a speed guy I'm not saying he can't route run I'm not saying that but just based off of size and just what he just does with his speed, I don't really see him as a true number one. I just see him as a good complimentary receiver. Mm-hmm. I think Julio Jones is the perfect fit for the Ravens. I don't. I could not see Julio going anywhere else personally. Yeah. I think the Ravens would be a great fit. And who knows? You know, Julio Jones. He's kind of. Not, I don't want to say he's falling off the radar. But he has been injured the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. His touchdowns have gone down. But we all know how good of a receiver he is despite Mm -hmm. that. But I think if you get – I mean, talk about a safety blanket. He's one of the best in the league for that. So Mm -hmm. I definitely like this trade a lot. Yeah, and I think if Lamar does have some of those throws that are a little questionable, I know Mark Andrew could go up and get some, but Julio could definitely go up and get some more than like Marquise Brown because he's not really a catching traffic kind of guy yeah I definitely agree definitely for sure Mm. all right uh my second one man I'm talking about the Patriots a lot but the Jaguars trade a 2021 first round pick and a 2021 third round pick for Stephon Gilmore the Jags have a lot going for them right now Mm -hmm. did you know the 100% drafting and Trevor Lawrence I think that they're either gonna 
move up in the draft for a really solid receiver or they're going to sign one. I could definitely see an Allen Robinson reunion. But despite what they might do on offense, that defense is an absolute train wreck. Their rush defense is awful. Their pass defense is awful. It's bad across the board. So where do you start? You potentially invest. See, I don't know if it would be a 2021 first-round pick because obviously, unless they traded up, because they're, I think their only first-round pick is the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. But uh, you got to start somewhere on defense. I mean, like I said, they could definitely look for the draft to get somebody. But Stephon Gilmore is probably the best cornerback in the league. There's a couple of other people who contend with him. But when he's healthy, he's – I mean, he he won defensive player of the year. You can't – like, that's crazy for a cornerback. You don't see that very often. And you don't see the kind of seasons that, that he had when he won. Now, this past season, he got hurt. The whole Patriots season was just kind of eh. It was a blur. It was like – it was basically like it didn't even happen. Mm-hmm. But you get a guy who's locked down. I think that the Jags need to beef up that defense as much to just – when, ja- when Trevor Lawrence comes in to keep as much pressure off his shoulders as possible. And by doing that through a good defense, I think that's the way to go. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. You don't want Trevor Lawrence to have to throw the ball 40 times a game to try to stay in the game. You want to, because James Robinson is not a bad running back. So if they can stay in games, he can run the ball and Trevor, it takes some pressure off Trevor Lawrence. So definitely a, a good corner, stop all those big yardage plays that, that Jags defense lets up. So yeah, I could definitely see that considering I think I heard that the Patriots are shopping him too. So yeah. that would make sense. Yeah. I think this is definitely more than realistic, very, very possible trade. So yeah. All right. What you got for your last one, Jeff? My last one. I think that the bears trade Kyle Fuller, a first and a second for Russell Wilson. Now I, the Seahawks defense talking about bad defenses, their defenses, their past defense, especially is one of the worst. So I think if they do trade him to the Bears, that they go after Kyle Fuller because he's a he's a pretty good corner, yeah. and they get two good picks for him too. Because I feel like the Bears for the last few years have been a quarterback away from being a really good team, and I think they finally go out and figure that out and get Russell Wilson. Yeah, I definitely like this. I think of all the teams. I mean, I know the Saints are in the conversation of God, dude. I would love for this yeah. to have Russell Wilson. Yeah. That would be amazing. But unfortunately, our cap cap space situation is not is not good. It's set up enough right now for, to get him. Mm-hmm. But I think of all the teams, I I think I'd have to go with the Bears or the Raiders to get Russell Wilson. But I definitely like this this trade because I think if you get Russell Wilson, the Bears need to at least keep some draft capital. Mm-hmm. And I think that Kyle Fuller is uh, I think he's he's so underrated. He definitely mm-hmm. doesn't get talked about enough. Um, I think the Bears can afford getting rid of Kyle Fuller because I know Jalen Johnson had a very, very solid rookie season last year. Uh, so they do have depth behind him. He would just, you know, have to get in the mindset that he is going to step up to be the cornerback one. But in the end, the Bears are getting Russell Wilson. And I definitely 100% agree the way you put it. I do think that Russell Wilson would be the game changer. I think that the Bears are a, quarter, a good quarterback away from getting to the Super Bowl. Look, it's it's true whether Bears fans who like him or not, but Mitch Trubisky is awful. Like, he's got to yeah. go. He's bad. He's just – he's not good. He's not yeah. good. Um, 
but getting somebody like Russell Wilson, veteran, great person on and off the field, has won a Super Bowl before, one of the most talented mm-hmm. quarterbacks in the entire league. I really like this. I really like this. I think Kyle Fuller is a nice supplement instead of a draft pick. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, my, for the last one of this segment, I got the Bengals trade a 2021 seventh round pick and a 2022 fourth round pick for Zacherts. Now, I think it makes sense for the Bengals to go and get an established veteran tight end. I, it just makes sense to me. Zach Ertz, short routes, very good underneath. You got Joe Burrow, who's there. Obviously, his rookie season ended not the way he mm-hmm. wanted it to. He tore his ACL. We all know what happened. It's really sad. But I think Joe Burrow is going to come back, and I think he's going to be fantastic. When he gets back, why not keep as much pressure off of him as you can? You give him all the targets that you can possibly get. I have a feeling that in the draft that the Bengals will look defensively for players. And I say this because they have T. Higgins, who was a, a gem last year, a beautiful second-round pick who panned out super well. Him and Burrow have a great connection already. You still have Tyler Boyd there. Yeah, you're losing A.J. Green, but honestly, what did A.J. Green do this past yeah. year? He yeah. hasn't really done anything. Mm-hmm. But – I just think that that Zach Ertz, he's a veteran. He knows what's going on. I think it would just be a suitable fit. What do you think? Yeah, he's he's a big run-after-catch guy, so he could be a great security blanket for Joe Burrow if he's facing a lot of pressure, which with that O-line, he saw a lot of pressure last year. So he could check down and then still get some yards after the catch for Joe Burrow too. And I feel like even just before Joe Burrow, I feel like the Bengals have always had a, a decent tight end. Like I know Tyler Eifert got hurt a lot, but I feel like they've always just had like a, a decent tight end and, and Zach Ertz now in his career, he would, he would fill that role. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. Tyler Eifert, he was really good. He just got mm-hmm. hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, yeah, no, I just think it makes a lot of sense. I think that, you know, with the, I've, from what I've heard with the Zach Ertz trade talk, it doesn't seem like teams truly want to give a lot up for him. but mm-hmm. I do think that the Eagles are settled on, shopping him i don't think they want to retain zach Ertz. they have dallas goddard i think personally i think dallas goddard's better at this point in time mm-hmm. but that's just me but i just i i truly think that it makes a lot of sense and a good safety bike is what joe burrow needs mm-hmm. yeah. all right so that's it for trades that teams need to make i should really like that we had some really good pit we had some really really good uh concepts here uh moving on Way too early, bold predictions. What could possibly happen in the 21-22 season? Oh, my God! We've seen a lot of things happen in, in offseason so far. Trades and so on. Free agency is about to start up. So we really have no idea what's going to happen, what potential signings could turn the tides for certain teams. So that's why we're making way too early predictions here. I'll start off with this one. I'm going to go with my one with the Steelers. So I think they'll have a top five defense next year. And we all know how valuable a great defense is. But they're retaining Big Ben. I don't think they solve any problems offensively in terms of running back or finding a true wide receiver one. And I think that they only go eight and eight in the division and they finish or eight and eight and then they finish third in the division. What do you think? Yeah, I could definitely see that because towards the end of the year last year, it was almost like Big Ben forgot how to throw the ball. He, it was, he was playing awful, and their decision to keep him 
kind of surprised me, but then again, it didn't because he's been there his whole career. So, but yeah, they need to solve things on their offense because their defense is, yeah, it's an amazing defense, but I don't think their offense has the, I think that if the Bengals do go out and get someone like Zach Ertz would be saying like that, I think they would even have a better offense in that division than the Steelers do yeah, next year. I totally agree. I, I was, I was also thrown off when they decided to keep big Ben. When I thought about it, I was like, all right, like it makes sense. He probably took a little bit of a pay cut. He's been a Steeler his entire life. Like I understand that, but if they want to, if they truly wanted to go out and get a fresh start and potentially win and start over fresh young arm, they could have, but Instead, they keep Big Ben, and I just, I just, I'm not a fan of it. I get it. I think Big Ben still thinks he has something left in the tank, and it reminds me of the Drew Brees situation personally. Like, I love the fact that Drew Brees played this past season, but I coming into it, like, I knew, like, I was like, all right, well, here comes a lot of checkdowns. This offense gonna, it's gonna look a little lackluster. It'll, it might not just because of Michael Thomas and and Kamara because they can make things happen, but well, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas got hurt so much for that. But at least Kamara stayed healthy. But yeah. it's just what you hit a certain point in time and you notice like like I knew Drew Brees, his arm strength would just it derailed so badly and, and everything was a check down. And you don't really have a case where you have a guy who's forty three years old and still throwing dots unless you're Tom Brady, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, you know, I think the Steelers team could easily have a top five defense, maybe even top three. Their defense is so, so good all around. Cornerback safeties, linebackers, defensive linemen, everyone. It, it's just good all around. But there's so many problems on offense. I, I mean, James Conner, he gets healthy. He, or not healthy. He gets hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh, even when he's not hurt, he just feels unproductive. It just feels like so honestly boring on on offense you never see anything crazy happen with that offense not even to mention they're losing juju no way he stayed i have a feeling he's not staying in 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 pittsburgh um so if they especially if they lose juju i can't see this offense making any crazy pushes um so if you want to take it from here jeff so my first one i talking about tom brady i think the bucks might have a little bit of Super Bowl hangover and get bounced uh, first round of the playoffs this upcoming year. And I know it's a hard thing to say because it's Tom Brady and he's the GOAT. So it's hard to deny that if they do make the playoffs, he would get bounced first round. But I think it's a possibility because especially on the defense, there's a lot of young guys. So they could still be living off that Super Bowl victory and maybe take the playoffs a little not as serious as they did this year and could get bounced. Yeah, I definitely think that's hard just because, you know, Tom Brady, you never mm-hmm. want to doubt him. But if I'm not mistaken, there's a lot of different players that the books have to re-sign. I know Shaq Barrett is a free agent. I know that Levante David is a free agent. I know that Chris Godwin is a free agent. I think JPP might be a free agent. And there's so many more. And I'm not entirely sure what their cap space situation is like. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it's great. I think it's somewhere middle of the pack. So I think a lot of this depends on, okay, like what pieces do they decide to resign? Because no offense, as much as I like Chris Godwin, if they chose Chris Godwin over somebody like Levante David or Shaq Barrett, I think that's what would keep them out of the Super Bowl. I think more importantly, they have to, you know, keep a good defense. I think that 
was what showed up late in the season last year and during their playoff run. I think, like, if you take a look at the Packers-Bucks game in the playoffs, Brady didn't have a great game. Mm-hmm. He threw, I think he threw 300-plus yards. That's great. And he had three touchdowns, but he also threw three picks. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's the whole entire offense's fault, but what kept them in the game was the fact that Tampa Bay's defense was also able to make plays. And that's the case for most most teams. You you know, if your offense makes mistakes, you need your defense to pick it up. And that's exactly what the Bucs did. So, like I said, there's just so many different players that the Bucs have to re-sign. So, I want to see what happens there first. Yeah. But I think based off of who they re-sign, I definitely could see this as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You're going to like this one a lot. So – Matt Stafford, he finally gets into a setting with with a great defense. They were first in the league last year in total defense. He gets with the Rams, has a great offense, has just a good season, matches perfectly with Sean McVay, and Matt Stafford finally gets the recognition he deserves and wins MVP. Yeah, I would would love for that to happen. Um, Yeah, but I feel like he's been – underrated his whole career because he's been on the lines and he does things that top quarterbacks in the leagues do but he hasn't gotten the recognition yet but yeah the like with cam Akers coming on at the end of the year too i think this rams offense with matt stafford could be very dangerous um like it was a few years ago with jared goff but jared goff has continued to decline and now he's a line so that happened there um (laughs) But yeah, he the, he has the weapons there. Um, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, the rookie last year had a decent year. He didn't play that much because of Josh Reynolds, but he might be gone now because of free agency. So yeah, I definitely could see this and would love to see this uh, this Matt Stafford MVP season. Yeah, I just thought about it, and I'm thinking of like players like you know who got a change of scenery and is and has been good, but not has like hasn't gotten the recognition and like where could they go to get that recognition and maybe actually win something and I'm I'm sure Matt Stafford is tired of three and 13 seasons Mm -hmm. I'm sure Matt Stafford honestly does not care about winning MVP and truly just wants a ring I'm I'm sure that's his mindset I mean obviously he'd love to win an MVP but the Mm -hmm. Super Bowl is obviously going to come first and I think that I truly think that the Rams are a really solid team. I, I love their defense. I think it's good. I'm De- what, what, what's his name? Darius Williams, right? Yeah, he's a free agent, though, so hopefully they do bring him back. Yeah. He just kind of came out of nowhere. I, yeah. I was very surprised. He was great this year. We'll mm-hmm. see if maybe they'll bring him back. Yeah. But, you know, Aaron Donald, I personally think he's the greatest defensive player of all time or will be by the end of his career, at mm-hmm. least. I've never seen anyone like him. He's absolutely insane. But, you know, Jalen Ramsey, every every aspect of that defense, very similar to the Steelers, is just mm-hmm. so good. And their offense is still good. And I loved the, the evolution of Cam Akers towards the end of the season because, if I'm not mistaken, and I mentioned it to you um, when we were doing our fantasy football draft with when whoever drafted him, I said he was going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And he the way his season went was very, very similar to Jonathan Taylor's stuck in a committee for most of the mm-hmm. season and then finally gets the carries and you see what happens. They explode. Yep. So, but Matt Stafford finally put in a winning setting. He goes to a, 
a city that that's known for winning los angeles where you know where else would you want to be mm-hmm. and I, I truly just think that it, it's very possible it is very very possible yeah so for my next one now this will just be based on their rookie seasons but i wouldn't be surprised if zach wilson has a better season than trevor lawrence now not saying throughout their whole career but i think this first year i wouldn't be surprised regardless of where Zach Wilson goes, whether it's the Jets or if he goes to, say, the Falcons. Um, he he has more athletic ability than Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence has a better arm. But I think just being a playmaker on, like, a subpar team, you need a quarterback to be that playmaker. And I think Zach Wilson could do that more, at least this year, than Trevor Lawrence, I believe. Yeah, I – it's tough because I know I know a lot of analysts have described Trevor Lawrence as one of the greatest QB prospects in recent history. Um, you know, uh, the the Trevor Lawrence hype train has been going on for what three years now since he entered college, won the national championships, all that good stuff, and you know sometimes that hype can overshadow incredible other talents. And if you're tell if you're going to ask me, would you rather take the, the, this highly touted prospect, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, who's won a national championship or an athletic quarterback from BYU, obviously the, you know, the reasonable argument is to take Trevor Lawrence, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's better or will be better. I think that Zach Wilson brings a skill set that's, being highly touted by a lot of NFL teams nowadays. They not necessarily a running quarterback, but a quarterback who can run. And that's exactly what Zach Wilson is. Mm -hmm. He's to me, he's essentially not, he's not Taysom Hill and not just because they went to be both went to be with BYU, but in terms of the athletic ability, it's very similar to Taysom Hill. Um, But just he's, at 100 and I got I can't stand when Taysom Hill plays quarterback it it, it gives <laughs> yeah. me agita but Zach Wilson is just an extremely polished quarterback mm-hmm. and it's just I think we're uh, obviously obviously the Jags are gonna go with Trevor Lawrence there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that there yeah. but often we, we've seen quarterbacks that are drafted later in the first round do significantly better like mm-hmm. we could talk about Justin Herbert this past year. Yeah. Like Tua, there was so much hype around Tua. He was coming mm-hmm. back from injury. And I know I get he didn't play the whole season, but when he did play, he was so he just like he didn't look like he had a ton of arm strength. He wasn't entirely accurate. He just didn't look like he knew how to how to lead a team at mm-hmm. that point in time. And then, you know, you had Joe Burrow, but he was doing great. And and Joe Burrow was having a very good season, don't get me wrong, but Justin Herbert you know, the third quarterback taken off the board. Mm-hmm. He won rookie of the year, did he not? So yep. it's, yeah. I, I definitely could see this being possible. I, I, I and, and how you described it with his skill set, it just, it makes sense. It does make mm-hmm. sense. All right. For my last one. Now, this could definitely be a stretch because we don't, <laughs> in today's NFL, we don't know how much a star RB really impacts the team. But, the one thing that the Bills lack is a star running back. Uh, I'm not against Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, but 
I don't really think <laughs> they're great solutions mm-hmm. for that that running back backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they find their star running back in the draft, and I think that's going to be the game changer for them. I think that they won a Super Bowl because of it. Now, I'll let you give me your thoughts first on this. Okay. So, like you were saying um, for the last one, there's a difference in running quarterbacks and quarterbacks that can run. And I think Josh Allen is one of those quarterbacks that's a quarterback that can run. And it's very important to have a good running back back there with him. And I think Devin Singletary, I think he's maybe not as his pass catching ability, but he reminds me of a Darren Sproles kind of, because he he's not going to get you those two yards that you need on fourth and two if you run it. But he he he's shown signs of being very good, but I just haven't seen anything that's put him over the the hill. And then you have Zach Moss who can get you those short yards, but if I'm not mistaken, he got hurt um, towards the end of the year, and I don't even yeah. think they had him for the playoffs, did he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, okay. So he, so I haven't seen much of him. He could end up being good, but they have that kind of one-two punch, but it's kind of an average one-two punch. And I think if they can go out and get a, a running back that is that one-two punch just themselves, then I think that, yeah, they could be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I think somewhere between Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, I mm. think both of them are probably the two best running back prospects in this draft. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but two big, big name running backs from two big name schools. Mm. They both had a great career in college. Najee Harris was a hot commodity after this college football season. Mm -hmm. Everyone was thrilled with how he performed. And Travis Etienne, he's been with Clemson for a bit now, and he's, you know, going to look to get drafted as well. But I think that if the Bills make some offseason moves, because I don't think they're off – I think their offensive line is very good. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I think they're very good with pass protection. But when it comes to run – when it comes to the run game, it just feels like they never truly get like those chunk plays. Like they never, they might, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Like they don't get those six, seven yards every time they run the ball. Like I feel mm-hmm. like with the Saints with Alvin Kamara, who's not even like the craziest runner, but he's always able to churn out six, seven yards because of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So I think that if they get, if they beef up that O-line just a little bit more and draft, somebody like Najee Harris, I think that could really put them, like you said, put them over the hill. I think if that happens and basically their whole offense comes full circle, I know they do still need to address tight end. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I truly do think that they could compete for a Super Bowl and actually win a Super Bowl. I think, you know, you get the run game going at the tight end. I just could see it coming full circle. Mm -hmm. All right, what else you got, Jeff? So for my last one, I think that Tony Pollard becomes running back 1A on the Dallas Cowboys and Zeke will be the 1B. Now, I think this because their offense, well, first, their offense after Dak went down last year was just awful in general because they lost O-line, they lost this, that. But even through all that, I think Tony Pollard was the better runner behind a bad offensive line and in a bad offense. And Zeke is being paid a lot of money. So I wouldn't even be surprised if they 
ship him somewhere else to, and just keep going with Tony Pollard because they haven't paid him yet. He's still going to be running hard. And Zeke, he was arguably the best running back in the league, but that was also when the Cowboys had arguably the best offensive line in the league. So it's, it's probably not too difficult to produce if you have five yard holes you can run through. So I don't know. It's just when their offense went down, it seemed like Zeke went down, but Tony Pollard didn't really go down as much. I see. You know what? And I totally agree with this. Basically, like you just said, when that whole offense went down, when Deck got hurt, it looked like, you know, Zeke went, kind of went down with him. And towards the end of the year, when Tony Pollard was getting some reps, he just looked, he looked fast. He looked explosive. He bursted through holes. You know, he, he, he's, he's good. He's very good. I know he does kick off sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good things about him. And, and even if he, if they decided this was an actual thing and Tony Pollard didn't pan out, I still don't think it's a bad thing because I think they would realize that Zeke is actually not that good. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Zeke's best years were with the Cowboys' best offensive lines. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, you can't really knock him for that, obviously. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, oh, well, you have a good offensive line. And that's why you're good, no other reason. And you can't really do that. Mm-hmm. But he just – Zeke looks slow. He's fumbling a lot. He looks unmotivated. It just – now, that could be in part with Dak Prescott getting hurt and, mm-hmm. and the whole team doing bad, and Zeke's just like, I don't want any part in this. But really, since his rookie year, and correct me if I'm wrong, but his stats have just slowly declined. Yeah, and especially those those fumbles. Yeah, I completely forgot about those. The amount of fumbles he lost last year was insane. Yeah, it pretty much felt like every time he had the ball, you were like, all right, is he going to hold on to it or mm-hmm. not? And people <laughs> making bets on that probably. <laughs> but I think that, you know, I'm sure with Dak Prescott getting re-signed, I, I think that Zeke's still going to be there. Yeah. But I, I truly could see, you know, Zeke having a couple just awful games where he gets like 11 attempts for like less than 30 yards, doesn't even get a score. And then Tony Pollard and maybe his four or five carries gets like 40 yards and it's just mm-hmm. ripping chunk after chunk. And I think that – I think that the only thing stopping this from happening is Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. And him being like, all right, well, Zeke sells more jerseys. So, yeah, yeah. I think that would be the only thing. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I think, I mean, I personally like Tony Pollard more than Zeke. That's just me. I get it. I get Zeke's a bruiser. I get that he could get you four or five yards, you know, but, but with all the fumbles happening and with just how bad they were last year and how bad he was last year, I don't, and the fact that just every year he's declined, mm-hmm. it's, it's in his statistics. He's declined every year. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely could see this happening. All right. And that's it for that. Moving on to our last segment, we will be talking about the Rams. This is NFL World Rams edition. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. I thought I mentioned you ready. I thought I I mentioned you ready. Jeff, I'm going to ask you a few questions and we can just discuss them. Do whatever you want. So, so how did you become a Rams fan, Jeff? So it was actually because of my dad. So when he was younger, um, his best friend was a Raiders fan. And back then, the two teams that were always on TV were the Rams and the Raiders. So 
just a, a friendly rivalry, my dad decided to like the Rams so they could always be rooting against each other and they could always watch the games. So that's pretty much, I just grew up because he's still a Rams fan. So I just grew up liking the Rams because he was a fan. I was like, oh, instead of just staying local, I could go and like a team that somewhere else. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, I think that's a really cool way to become a fan of a team. Um, so, so since you're a Rams fan, have you been to a Rams game before? I have. I've probably been to, I would say, four or five. Um, my first one actually was in St. Louis when they were still in St. Louis. Um, we knew one of the assistant coaches. So we actually got to go down on the field pregame. And then after the game, we got to have dinner with some of the players too. And that was really cool. Um, you want to tell me what that was like? Just elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, so – the, the the dinner after the game you're talking about just just the whole just, just the in whole game in general yeah well it was a great experience I was probably I want to say 10 or 11 um so before the game we got to go down on the field stay on the sidelines and watch both teams warm up which was very cool um then we went and watched the game and after I'm trying to remember exactly um so it wasn't all the players that was at the team dinner. It was some of them. So I don't know if you know, like James Laurinaitis, he was there. Uh, Chris Long, I'm sure you know Chris Long. He was there too. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and I took some pictures with him after the game, and it was just overall a really great experience. That's awesome. Not a lot of people get to have an experience like that, so that's really cool that you did. Um, so currently and historically, who's your favorite overall player? Well, currently, it's probably a pretty basic answer, but it's got to be Aaron Donald. He's Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> he's n- never failed to impress me when he plays, so I'd have to say Aaron Donald right now. And historically, I'm going to go by who I grew up watching, and I'm going to say Steven Jackson. Okay. Yeah, because I, I like the way that he ran. He was a hard runner, and he was on the team when some – there were some bad Rams teams. So he was the one bright spot there always was. So yeah, I'd have to go with Steven Jackson for historically. I like that pick. You don't really hear Steven Jackson's name come up that much. I remember when we first, well, when I first joined the fantasy football league that you have, um, I remember I drafted him one year and I just, that was like one of the first years I played and I really just like didn't know a whole lot about different players, but I remember him being good for that year. So that's not, I like that pick. Um, so currently, uh, this past season, how did you feel about it? So I think they exceeded expectations slightly. I could have seen them being a 500 team, but going 10 and 6 was a, a little bit better than I expected. And then winning the playoff game, I'm so glad it was against Seattle. That was great. Um, but yeah, because all of the all of the eyes on Jared Goff after the bad season two years ago, it didn't seem like they were going to be in a great place on the offense, but with all the weapons, they were still able to make it work. So I think they exceeded expectations slightly, not a ton, but I could have seen them being a, around the 500 team. They were a little better than that. Gotcha. So do you have any positive takeaways from what happened this past season? Yeah. The first one, I, it's gotta be the development of Cam Akers towards the end of the season. Um, I think he's going to be a great runner now that he's broken away from that committee. And 
um, he gets the carries and he gets the yards. So I think he's going to be. Uh, no mean to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I think that one of the biggest things with Cam Akers and the development, the development was not just like what happened in the end of the regular season, but if I'm not mistaken, when they played the Packers, did he, didn't he go off, like absolutely go off? Yeah. Surprisingly that game, the Rams offense wasn't the issue. It was their defense for the first time all year. They couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers, which I mean, he was, he had a great year last year. So. Yeah. But yeah, Cam Akers and even Jared Goff had a good game, but it was the defense that just couldn't keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that Cam Akers, I, I really like Cam Akers. I think he's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so on top of any positive takeaways, are there also any negative takeaways? Well, I would have um, – if Jared Goff was still on the team, I would have said the regression of Jared Goff. But now that he's not on the team, um, I would have to say the the linebacker play needs to be improved. If that's been their weak spot for the last few years, they don't really have any big names at linebacker. Well, they had Corey Littleton, but then he left for the Raiders. But, yeah, I think if there was a weakness, I would say that it has to be – the linebacking core, or if they don't re-sign John Johnson, then they might have some issues up there at safety. So I think one of those two is going to need to keep your eyes on those for next year. Gotcha. So you just mentioned some, uh, you know, probably the weakest aspect of that defense. Mm-hmm. On top of that, what do you think of the current strengths on the team are? Um, I would say the defensive line is their best um unit on offense and defense and i would also say probably their wide receiver core is probably their best strength on offense as of right now because you got robert woods you got cooper cup two two pretty solid receivers not not elite but they're they're solid enough to get the production that you need they work super well together and i think mm-hmm. that they complement each other very well they're very good route runners both both very good with yards after a catch yeah um i i like that combination a lot and plus i do think that van jefferson can develop as well yeah um so i just think that honestly the offense as a whole throwing matt stafford in there i think uh that's going to be a scary offense next year mm-hmm. um continuing so free agencies coming up what exactly would you like to see happen? So the Rams, like the Saints, their cap is not not great. Um, so they can't really do much in free agency. I wouldn't mind if they got a just a role-playing linebacker, something to maybe improve the slightest on last year. Because other than that, I, they can't really make any big moves because I think they're like, 35 million in the negative for cap so Mm -hmm. unless they trade some players or cut some players i'm not sure what more they can do in free agency gotcha um basically what you just said so are there any players that you know of that should get traded cut um i wouldn't mind seeing michael brockers traded i don't know about cut but last year if you remember, he was supposed to go to the Ravens in free agency, but I believe he failed a physical, so he ended up coming back to the Rams. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind if he got traded because the defensive line 
even some of the backups have shown things. So I feel like they could sacrifice getting rid of Michael Brockers and that would save them some in cap and maybe they could get a, a draft pick or two for him because we know the Rams and their draft picks, they don't have many. So, yeah. Uh, and again, <laughs> so talking about the draft, oh, yeah. what would you like to see happen in the draft? Like what specifically, are there any specific positions? Would you like to see them move up, trade back? What, what would, just what do you want to see happen? So the past few years, they haven't had a first round pick and they found good players in later rounds. But with the loss of, they lost their college scout coordinator. They lost like eight or nine of their coaches this year. So it'll be interesting to see if they can still find those hidden gems in the later rounds. Like Cooper Cup was like a, a third round pick. John Johnson was one of those later round picks. Like and they produced for the team. So in free agency, if they could find maybe a, well, it's always good to go offensive line, especially with Whitworth being how old he is. Yeah. Um, if they could get someone for the offensive line that could block for Matt Stafford, that would be good because the offensive line is always, other than a few years ago, it's always been average. Um, last year or two years ago, it was pretty bad. But if they could go offensive line, I think that would help out Cam Akers and it could help out Stafford too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so if things pan out well in the off season, if free agency goes well, if the draft goes well, they might find some hidden gems, maybe not as great as it has been the last couple of years, but they still find some really good pieces. What to you would be a reasonable prediction for the upcoming season? Now that they have a, a good quarterback, I could see them going 11 and five, Around there, I think a little bit better than last year, and and being, I would hope that they win the division, especially if the Seahawks get rid of Russell Wilson, because the the Cardinals and the Niners, um, the Rams have always the Rams defense has always seemed to contain Kyler Murray very well, although it's been a small sample. Yeah. So they kind of they kind of have their number, and Sean McVay has well the combo of Sean McVay and Jared Goff now no longer Jared Goff. they haven't lost to the Cardinals so it seems like they always play well believe it or not the they have trouble beating the 49ers but I think that if the Seahawks do lose Russell Wilson that I think them beating the Seahawks and Cardinals will still be enough to win the division for the Rams currently I think in terms of the just the NFC as a as a whole Personally, I think the Rams are my favorite. I think that obviously the Saints are going to take a step back this year. I think that the Bucks will probably have a very hard schedule, and I could definitely see them um, having a Super Bowl hangover, but I also could see Tom Brady turning around and just somehow keep it going, even though he's forty, about to turn 44. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really see anyone coming out of the NFC East. I think that's still kind of a whole dumpster fire over there. Mm -hmm. um, and especially if Russell, even if Russell Wilson doesn't lead the division, I, with an, no offense to Jared Goff, but an actual competent quarterback, yeah. you know, you get some decent quarterback play. I think that, I think that alone for the Rams is going to solve so many problems. Mm -hmm. And and like I said, they were first overall in defense last year. So 
if things go if things come full circle and things pan out well i actually i i could see them making the super bowl uh and i don't know whether that's because the nfc as a whole is weak uh in my opinion in comparison to the afc because i think that I think that the Ravens are a, a lot better than some of the teams that would make the playoffs in the NFC. I think the Bills are better. Um, obviously, the Chiefs. I just think there's a whole lot more. I think there's more star power in the AFC than there is in the mm-hmm. NFC. But um, just looking at the other teams and the directions they're going in, I, I, I truly do think that the Rams, as of right now, and especially after the addition – of uh, Matt Stafford. I think it really happened after the addition of Matt Stafford. I do think that the Rams are the best team in the NFC. And the, the only issue I could see with Matt Stafford is that he hasn't um, shown he's a winner. And I don't know if that's because of him himself or if that's because the Lions organization as a whole isn't, isn't a great organization. Yeah, I think that – I think just the – personally i think the lions organizational as a whole i mean they've never won a super bowl mm-hmm. they've they've barely ever made the playoffs they've never had a gm who can actually draft i mean tell me the last time the lions had a good defense yeah you probably can't yeah. but uh i always think about one specific um moment in matt stafford's career i forget the team that he was playing but and i know you've seen the video too before um the video of him dislocating his shoulder but still yeah. grinding out for that win and yeah. and still throwing the touchdown even though his shoulder was completely out of his sock and i just look at moments like that like you're that's what you're getting you're mm-hmm. getting a tough guy who will lay everything on the line on the field and mm-hmm. like i said no offense to jared golf i don't think jared golf's that guy matt stafford is out there to win i think that he's hungry i think he's on a new team i think he knows why he's being sent to the rams why the rams want him mm-hmm. I, I think that I do think that Matt Stafford will pan out very well. Yeah. And all the injuries, all the injuries he had last year too. And he kept quiet because he said the city of Detroit had bigger things to worry about than his injuries. I think that speaks a lot for him. And he's really a a warrior and he's always putting everything he has on the field. Exactly. On and off the field. He's a great person too. And and don't forget that you, you, whether you, you have a great, whether a quarterback is great or not, is one thing but whether they're a good person on the field and off the field is also another thing and that is what you're getting with Matt Stafford Mm -hmm. and I think that you know his career I think is so underlooked because he's been on the lines for so long and that's really it but a lot of true NFL fans know exactly who he is and what Mm -hmm. he's there for and how he and how hard he will play no matter what atmosphere he's in. I mean, he left everything on the line for one of the worst franchises in yeah. NFL history. So, um, I guess we'll see what happens, Jeff. Yeah. All right, that's going to be it for this episode. I hope everyone enjoyed. Uh, Jeff, if you want to say any last words? Just thanks for having me on. It was really fun, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, no problem. I hope I have a lot more people on here and maybe get you back on sometime next year. Mm-hmm. And I just have one last question. Are you down to football? I'm always down to football. 